Amen. Isn't it a good day to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. We're in a series on mentoring, and today I want to share with you how to mentor with fire. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and for us Pentecostals, that's an important day, isn't it? Amen. We celebrate Passover. That's the harvest and the feast that God had given to Israel to celebrate uh, inevitably what is salvation, that Jesus became our Passover lamb. And 50 days after Passover is the feast of Pentecost. And so that's what we're celebrating beyond our salvation. We're thanking God that He's filled us with the fire of His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So Pentecost is a very important day, and what we're celebrating is in this Feast of Pentecost, it was the time uh, remembering when Moses gave the law to Israel. Moses was in the mountain and in the cloud for 40 days. God had given him the law. He came down to bring this law to Israel that God would make Israel His covenant people and they would be His and how many of you remember there was a lot of clamoring and, and, and singing and hooping and hollering going on, and Moses came down, and it wasn't good, was it? No, Moses busted those uh, Ten Commandments and the giving of the law, and Israel had failed God miserably. They're dancing, they're shouting out Yahweh to a cow, uh, you know, and uh, this is bad. Aaron says, I don't know how it happened. I put it in the fire, it came out a cow. Uh, read the thing. It's that crazy. And uh, uh, so that's a shame. And on that day, 3,000 people were killed, weren't they? 3,000 people died because of their failure to the holiness of God. But something happened in reverse on the fulfillment of the day of Pentecost as the people were in the upper room. How many were in the upper room? Anybody remember? 120 in the upper room waiting, right? That means that there were more than just the disciples. We know that there were 72 at one time of followers of Jesus Christ, His 12 and 72. Uh, uh, but there were many more then, obviously, if 120 were in the upper room. And on that day, there was the wind, a mighty wind came, right? You know the passage in Acts chapter 2, the sound of a mighty wind came, uh, and there was fire, and the fire came forth, and it broke into tongues of fire above their head, and they all began speaking in other languages and speaking in the languages of all those people of the known world as they busted out of that room. And now the celebration of the giving of law on tablets of stone has now been birthed that the law of God was written on men's heart as the very spirit of holiness came to dwell in each human being that received Christ as Savior. That's awesome, isn't it? And they ran out into the streets proclaiming the good works of God. The greatest work is Christ and the salvation He wrought on the cross. And as they're declaring that, how many people got saved that day? 3,000. Isn't that an interesting number match? 3,000 died at the giving of the law to Moses. 3,000 were saved at the law being written on men's hearts in the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so if you are saved, you have the person of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And God is within you and speaking in your heart. Now, let me ask you a very important question. If you turn to Acts chapter 2, you can do the research yourself. We'll help you along with that. Acts chapter 2, it says, 
Again, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were gathered all together in one place. So just as Christ brought the Passover lamb, the Holy Spirit brought the Pentecost fire. They were together and suddenly there came from heaven the sound like a mighty rushing wind. What do you think that rushing wind was? It sounded like a wind, but it wasn't the wind. It was the Holy Spirit. All right, this is important. Uh, I really want you to catch this, that the manifestation of the Holy Spirit has a physical presence. It has an activity. All right? It didn't just sound like wind. I mean, he sounded like wind. It just, it just wasn't wind. He's not the force of Star Trek or whatever that is. Star Wars. Sorry. Dated myself. Right? It sounded like a mighty rushing wind. My wife and I were studying yesterday when it says uh, in, in Jesus' baptism, it says, like a dove, the presence of the Holy Spirit. There was a manifestation. There was a presence. It was like a dove, but he wasn't a dove. It was, sounded like a wind, but it wasn't a wind. It was him. It was the Spirit of God manifesting. And as, as he manifested, he brought sound. He brought force. He brought his presence. And when he came in, what happened? Tongues of fire, right? So tongues of fire came over just the apostles. The twelve had tongues of fire. Is that correct? All right, I'm, this, this is how I get people on my true and false questions. How, how many tongues of fire were there? A hundred and twenty. How many people were in that room? A hundred and twenty. How many tongues of fire? A hundred and twenty. The Holy Spirit filled them all. 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 We are all filled with the Holy Spirit. At salvation, you receive the person of the Holy Spirit. You don't receive a little bit Holy Spirit. You receive the full person of the Holy Spirit. And from there, the weight of His presence and the manifestation of who He is can flood out of you and manifest through you through the power of His intercession of tongues and prayer and so forth. It's here for us. It was for each individual. They each had fire over them. You've got fire in your belly. You've got fire in each one of you. Anyone who's saved this morning has the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. Release Him! Release Him! Release Him! How many of you know that, that containers are to hold something, but they have a spout on them so that they'll pour out? In fact, Jesus said, any man who thirsts, let him come unto me, and out of his innermost being or out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. So let him manifest. Now on that day of Pentecost, they're all going out and they are speaking in all the languages of the world at that time, declaring the good works of God. And people go, what's going on? It's nine in the morning. What are these guys doing? It was the same hour, nine in the morning, as Hebrew prayer goes up. But this is a new prayer found in the planet Earth that had never been prayed before. It is a prayer under the unction of God's own Holy Spirit, not the recitations of human intellect, but in fact the very power and and manifest present will of God speaking into this planet. All hell shook 
and feared, for now there was a church in the earth to bring heaven down to earth through the demonstration of an indwelling Holy Spirit. Are you with me, people? Amen. Amen. Peter stood up and he said, this is that which Joel spoke of. And he said, this is that. The prophet said, in the last days it shall be. It's not it may be. We hope it is. Could be. No, it shall be. God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What he's saying there is all nations. All people groups. It's not just for Jews. But I will pour out my spirit upon Jews and Gentiles. All nations have access now to my Holy Spirit. And he goes on, he says this, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. We're no longer going to have women as second-class spiritual citizens. Women are now brought into the mix of the Holy Spirit. There's no male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. We're all going to prophesy as God fills us with His Holy Spirit. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Not just prophets, not just kings, not just priests, but in fact you are all elevated to the place of prophet, priest, and king. You'll all prophesy. You'll all have visions. You'll all have dreams. And if you haven't had them yet, let's get moving. Let's press in, people. How hungry are you? to manifest the weight in the presence of this Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's not just sound like wind. Let's have the presence of God. Amen? Amen? Oh my goodness, it's coming, isn't it? Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I'll pour out my Spirit and they shall prophesy. Do you see what he covered? Right in that statement, he said male and female. He said all flesh, Jew nor Greek, And he said, slave or free. I'll pour it out on those of you who are slaves, those of you who are free. So there it is, Paul's prayer. He puts it together in Galatians that that's who the Holy Spirit is for. And Peter ends his discussion by saying, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. So what does it mean to be saved? It means putting your faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and His death on the cross by putting your faith on what He did. He died for you. He took your sin for you. Your sin was nailed to the cross. And because your sin was atoned for, now the Spirit of holiness, God's own nature, can come and dwell in you because the blood has cleansed you. So anyone who calls on the name of Jesus can be saved. And if you're saved, you receive the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now what are you going to do with it? And that's the key. And I'm here to tell you that as Pentecostals, we celebrate the day of Pentecost. What I want you to realize is what God has done on that day and what He's done throughout church history. Many in the church throughout the ages stopped at the evangelical preaching of the gospel to get saved, but never took it past that. And we lost the power of Pentecost over the years, but something happened. The turn of the century, 1907, 1906, revival began to break out. The Welsh revivals broke out. They broke out in Los Angeles and Azusa Street. And since 1910, 
the revivals of Pentecost with the demonstration and manifestation of the Holy Spirit with tongues and prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit since 1910. There were few Pentecostals. But what happened by the time 1970 came, 5% of Christians were Pentecostal. That's 74.5 million. By the year 2000, it went from 74 million to 482 million. Today, one in four Christians are Pentecostal. It is estimated that by 2025, 740 million people who are believers will be Pentecostal, charismatic, filled with the Spirit, full gospel, whatever adjective you or title you want to put on it, they will be that. It's an estimated 35,000 people join the Pentecostal church every day. Every day. This... This is not an us versus them situation. This is not a look at us grow. This is for the body of Christ, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for the people to get back to what God originally designed His church to be. Spirit-powered. Not financially powered. Not program-powered. But spirit-powered. We don't need to rely on the arm of flesh. We've got the arm of the Spirit. God's right arm, the saving arm, the power arm of God our Father. And so, of the world's two billion Christians, a quarter of them are now Pentecostal. And the shift and the move of God's Holy Spirit is no longer the Western European American move. It's shifted to the Southern Hemisphere to where South America, Africa, and Asia are on fire with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And we who at one time were the mission's capital of the world, the one, those who sent out and spoke of salvation, it's time for us to learn as to what God's doing in the southern hemisphere and how it's changing the face of Christianity. You can't contain this fire. And so what does this have to do with mentoring? It has everything to do with mentoring. It means pass it on. People have the Holy Spirit within them, but so many don't understand the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit like you do. And we need to ignite the power of God's Holy Spirit in people's lives. Any of you people come out of the Jesus movement? Some of you don't even want to raise your hand. That's too, too long ago. There you are. I don't know, anybody remember this song? I learned this song back when I was about 14. Okay, it was written in 1969. It's a song, Pass It On. It was written by Kurt Kaiser, if you remember him. And this thing, this is back in the day when, when worship choruses were popular. And, and this song came out, and uh, uh, I don't know if you remember it. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, and soon all those around can warm up in its glowing. That's how it is with God's love once you've experienced it. Right? You'll spread His love to everyone you want to pass it on. That was sung at campfires and youth groups all the time. It was like, peace, dude, that's so awesome. Uh, but something happened in the 70s. There was another revival, and it was a counterculture to the counterculture. 
and, and hippies and, and child, uh, flower children and all that were getting saved. And in that salvation, Pentecost poured into these people. And the Spirit of God was getting people off of heroin and drugs and bringing them in and and people were coming together and there was a revival of Christian music that burst on the scene and and worship began to to come into the realm and and the power of the Holy Spirit would move and and it was a day when you could pray for people and they'd get gloriously saved. You ever hear that term, gloriously saved? (laughs) It wasn't a process of trying to figure it out and calculate it out. I mean, people just... ah got gloriously saved and people needed healing and bam, they got immediately healed. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe there's coming a Holy Spirit outpouring like we're never seen before. And so we have to mentor the outflow of the Holy Spirit. We need to mentor to those people that we're working with that the Holy Spirit is real and He will heal and He will deliver you. Now, we're teaching that we have to be a people of mentoring. And that's the only way that you can bear fruit is mentoring. And really, instead of evangelism, we should replace the word evangelism with mentoring. Because so often what we've done, the evangelical church has done is we've, we've had great, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call those things? They're not revivals. You go out, you have campaigns and all this stuff and people come and say the sinner's prayer and we go, look how many people got saved and we do nothing with them. And they all fall away most of the time. So these great campaigns are good and evangelism good, but evangelism will only go so far. We need to mentor people. If you give birth to a baby, you got to sustain that thing. And so mentoring is the key, and that's what we've been teaching you and showing you, and this, this is the day and the hour where everyone here has to learn to mentor. Wednesday, we went through how to pray as a mentor, mentoring prayer. And today I want to share with you how to mentor with fire, how to teach people that there's a fire inside of them, that Christianity isn't just a philosophy, it's not just an intellectual pursuit, it is a relationship with a living, breathing God who happens to be in you and can manifest in your life. We have to pray for that. So many times when we're mentoring people, we're helping them with inner healing. We're helping them make decisions. Should I say yes to this? Should I say no? Should I have my brother-in-law move in with me? <laughs> should, I, should I borrow money from Aunt Gladys? Should I do this? Should I quit my job and go to another job? And you know, we say, well, here's a good book on managing finance. Here's what Dr. So-and-so says. Here, watch this YouTube and do this. What happened? to the fire of the Holy Spirit in our decisions. What happened to praying and seeking God and hearing His voice? We are the people of the Spirit of God and we've got to get our people that we're mentoring to be hungry for the Spirit of God, to seek the Holy Spirit for their own flame of fire above their own head and for the fire to manifest into their own mouths. Are you with me this morning? Let me share with you a portion of Scripture that speaks to that. We see the mentor, Paul, speaking to his mentee, Tim. And so he says to Timothy, For this reason, Timothy, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Tim was a young man. He had walked with Paul, grew with Paul, Paul had elevated him to such a place. 
as become apostolic and commissioned Timothy to then go and pick presbyters or elders, pastors to lead other churches. And he, he said, Tim, uh, you're, a little bit, you're a little bit shy. You're a little bit timid. He said, God didn't give us a spirit of timidity. That's the right translation. We, King James, it's, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, right? He said, Tim, you don't need to be afraid. I know you're young, but you have the authority of the Holy Spirit. How do I know it? Right here, I want to remind you that you have the gift of God within you. That qualifies you. That qualifies you to do what you need to do. And he says, don't be timid. The spirit that we have is not a spirit of fear, but of love, of dunamos, or power, and a sound mind, a mind that is ordered and is not anxious, but waits upon the things of God. And he says, that's what he's saying. He's mentoring with fire now. He's saying, come on, Tim, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. And he says this, I want to remind you, and that's what a mentor does. So you need to talk. How many of you know some people that were Pentecostal in the, in, uh, a while ago, and, and they haven't been moving in that in a long time? Let's call that most of the Pentecostals <laughs> living in the United States today. They'll tell you about an experience they had 20 years ago. What about yesterday? What about today? Is there an experience in the Holy Spirit that you had last week? Paul says, I need to remind you, and I'm here this morning to remind every one of you, do you remember when you were at the altar seeking the face of God? Do you remember when you buried your head into your pillow in prayer and it was all wet from the tears and the snot as you were just crying out to God? Do you remember when God gloriously impacted you and you were shaken? Do you remember when you could only cry out with a voice of praise for the mighty God that there is? Do you remember when you let loose beyond your own intellect and flesh and gave God free reign to do what he wanted in your body and in your praise. I'm here to remind you of who you are. That's what Paul said to Tim. And he said this, fan into flame. Here we are. We're singing around the campfire. It only takes a spark. Right? One spark can ignite another. Sometimes in praise, we're, we're beginning to... to quiet down and we're beginning to back down and all of a sudden there's an ember in somebody and somebody gets blessed and they go hallelujah hallelujah and it catches on to somebody else I'm losing my voice deal with it and uh, and uh, and and it surges back again well we're sitting around the campfire and and, and the embers are low and someone throws another log in and someone picks up a Frisbee and starts fanning the flame. That's what Paul said to Tim. Fan into flame. Blow on the embers, Holy Spirit. Blow on the embers. Every one of you is a burning ember. If you've got salvation, you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the burning coal from off the altar of God, you've got God himself dwelling in you. And as Paul said, Timothy, stir it up, boy. Stir it up. Stir it up. Remember who you are. Remember what happened to you. Stir it up. Stir it up. 
So many of us are disappointed with God. He didn't do what we wanted Him to do. He's not doing the way we thought He should do. Stir it up. Stir it up. Don't let your dispute with God stop you from realizing who He is in you. Deal with that later. But let Him rise. Stir up the gift, the charis, the blessing of God. Now one thing's important to understand, that a gift is not earned. You may have failed God. Some of you haven't let the Spirit of God stir in you because you failed Him. You're not living the way you should live. I want to tell you the gift of God is activated 24-7 anytime you would call upon God. His grace is sufficient. It covers. His blood covers you. Whether you have sinned or not, the minute you confess, the minute you cry out to God, the grace of God empowers you in the Holy Spirit. Who do you think it is that's been trying to get you to repent? Who do you think it is that's been working in you, praying for you to get you to that place? And His gift is immediately activated. So come on, stir it up. In other words, there's no excuse for not stirring up the Spirit. He's in you. And that is an action of your will. Now, it says they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the Spirit is here for you to give you utterance. I'll take it, Dave. I see that hand. Thank you. That's my buddy. I know. Uh, hopefully this will do it. So, it is an act of the will. It's an agreement with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on go at all times. Bring that too. What the heck? Everybody's watching out for me. That's it. Pass it on. Where was I? <laughs> fanning the flame, fanning the flame. The Holy Spirit is on go always. No matter how many promises God has made, they are what? Yes, in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is within you, and it is a gift from God, and that gift is not earned. So if it's not earned, it won't decrease because of some activity or some failure on your part. It is a gift. It is always accessible. It is always there. But it is up to us to access Him. It is up to you to speak your mouth. It is up to you to act in faith. And so it is there for us. And Paul is telling Timothy, stir it up. So mentors, when you're speaking to someone and you're encouraging them, and maybe it is a good book you can give them, maybe there is a good YouTube they could watch, but please don't leave that meeting without telling them, stir up the fire within you. Pray, pray, pray. Stir up the fire of God and begin to seek Him. Listen to His voice for a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. It's in you, Timothy. It's in you. And it was there through the laying on of hands. And that's how the fire passes on. So when you're mentoring someone and you're done speaking to them and your meeting's over, say, let me lay hands on you. And in Jesus' name, I stir up the fire of God in you. And I call it to full flame. What good is it if we're mentoring people in human intellect? They can get that on the radio. They can get it anywhere else. But what they can't get from anyone else is the hands laid on and the impartation of the fire of God's Holy Spirit. 
And that's what you possess. You have a testimony. Maybe your theological degree is, in, is pretty low, minor, you don't understand everything, but what you have is an indwelling Holy Spirit. Lay hands and impart that ministry to somebody else. And that's what mentoring with fire is all about. And that's what Paul wanted to do for Timothy, to remind him, and I'm here to remind you. La, how many of you remember this, when the man was sitting at the gate, beautiful, He's, uh, you know, like Maras in 94, sitting there with a sign. All right, for some of you, okay, so 94 and Hall Road at Menards with a little dog. It's got a little sign, feed me, I'm out of work, I'm unemployed. That's what this dude was doing. Same thing. You'll have the poor with you always. <laughs> So he's asking for Peter and John, hey, you know, some cash. You got any cash? And I love this statement. Obviously, you could tell that they were ministers of the gospel. Silver and gold have I none. <laughs> I ain't got no cash. But what I got, now there's the key right there. What I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And they pulled him up by faith. And the man went, whoa, what? Wow. And he was running and leaping and praising God and running and leaping and praising God, right? That's an awesome thing. Begin to pray that. Begin to speak that. The thing is, Peter said, I don't have what you're asking for, but I have what you need. Many times when we're mentoring, and in fact, brothers and sisters, we're mentoring the world out there. We may not have what they want, but we have what they need. Amen? It's in you. It's in you. Pentecostals, it's in you. Is it in every believer? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Call it forth. But they've not been taught that. They haven't been instructed in the gospel. Some of the churches they go to have surgically removed it. Some have not done it surgically. Someone have literally ripped it out. And they don't know. But they ran into you today. And you need to impart. And again, I'm speaking of what is coming. And I'm speaking by faith. Call it prophetic. Call it whatever. But there is a time that's coming, and I believe it's soon around the corner, that when you're going to be laying hands on the sick, they shall recover. When you begin touching other people, they fall under the Spirit. You're going to impart the power, the flame, and the fire of the Holy Spirit because God is stirring up His people to full flame. That's just biblical. That's just biblical, that we're going to be stirred into full stature of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. He said this back in the temple to the Levites in Leviticus 6.13, the fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. 
this eternal flame of the Holy Spirit was poured into the vessel of sons and daughters of God. That's the people of God. It will not go out. You can kill as many Christians as you can try as they have throughout history. And the only thing that keeps happening is it multiplies and multiplies. Tertullian, the early church father, said that the blood of the saints is the seed of the church. It just begins to pour and multiply and multiply. The more communism has tried to extinguish Christianity, Christianity triumphs. And in Russia, revivals and the church are back, brought back after 70 years of Soviet Union communism. China has tried to squelch the church by killing the missionaries and sending them all out. And what happened? The church is bigger than it was when the gospel was freely preached. You can't stop this thing. And there is a revival that's moving. And you're the people to mentor that flame in other people's lives. It's time for us to be the forerunners and start telling your Christian friends to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, to begin seeking God's fullness and the rivers of water releasing out of them. The fire should not go out. It should never go out. And we're going to get rid of the programs in our churches. And Pentecostal churches are going to get wrecked. And they're going to get ruined. And it's going to ruin their whole time frame and their quick in and out is going to be wrecked because God is just going to mess it all up. Hallelujah. It's a shame what's happened to most Pentecostal churches. We've just programmed ourselves into the world system. But you can't control when a fire is out of control. Amen. We see that across our nation out in California. These wildfires are burning and they're trying to put them out. There's a wildfire coming and I don't want anyone to put this out. Are you with me this morning? And so this is what we're to do. And I close with this illustration in Genesis 28, verse 16 and 17. That rascal Jacob, what a scoundrel he was. Learned from his mama. She taught him to deceive. I'm just speaking the truth. There was a calling on his life. Some of you were a bunch of scoundrels too. You didn't know there was a calling on your life and God called you out. Even while he was still a rascal, he's trying to figure out what to do. And he goes, he's, he's in some barren place and he comes and he's just going to sleep out in the open and he pulls up a rock. He just pulls up that rock and lays his head on it so that he could sleep. And then he has a dream and he sees a ladder going to heaven where the angels are coming up and down. Now how many of you know that was a prophetic of what the Messiah was going to do? He's going to bring heaven to earth and move back and forth. That's why uh, uh, Jesus uh, spoke to uh, Nathaniel about the ladder of heaven uh, speaking of himself. But anyways, he starts seeing this. But what I want to share with you is what happened to him. Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, someone say awoke from his sleep. Say it again. He awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. That's what God's going to do to the church in the 21st century. Wake us from our slumber. Parable of the ten wise and foolish virgins says they awoke and realized they needed their oil. They woke up 
Jacob woke up and he said, the Lord's in this place and I didn't know it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, Bethel, and this is the gate of heaven. I am here to tell the church this morning, this is the house of God. You are the house of God. You are the gate of heaven. You are the one who speaks the will of the Father into the earth if you're a son of God. That is you. And as you speak it out, you're going to realize, my gosh, God is in this place. He's in me. He's been in me. This is the house of God. I've awoken from my slumber and I've realized I'm a Pentecostal today. I'm not ashamed of that and I will never be ashamed of that. I'm a full gospel believer of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm fully drenched in the Holy Spirit. I want to be so empowered by God and so full of Him and so saturated by Him that when I touch someone else, they don't feel me touching them. They feel Jesus touching them. I want to be so empowered to reach people. I'm sick of reasoning with people. I want a demonstration and a manifestation of God's Spirit. Paul said, I didn't come with eloquence of speech. I couldn't just mesmerize you by my intellect. I just came and showed up and so did God. It's the sound of a rushing wind, but it's the Spirit. It's the image of a dove, but it's the Spirit. It is a flame of fire, but it's the Spirit. Church, wake up from your slumber and realize this is the house of God. Mentor, speak it. Share it. Take this fire and give it to someone else this morning. Amen. Stand with me now as we worship God. Stand with me this morning and begin to lift your hands to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands today. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of surrender. Hallelujah. I surrender all. Say it. I surrender all. I surrender all. Would you pray this prayer with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Pour out upon us. I know you dwell within me. I am the house of God. Now pour out through this people.